Hey folks, Quinn here. Before we get to the episode, we here at Monster Hour want to take a moment to address the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, which has stripped away the right to safe and legal abortion in the United States. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld currently, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. If you're in a position to do so, please consider donating to abortion funds to help those in need access critical reproductive health services. You can do so by going to choice.crd.co, that's choice.crd.co, or by clicking the link in the show notes. Speak up, spread the word, and take care of yourselves and one another. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am. What, what's happening? I got my, fi- I got my sheet. I got my sheet ready. Ready to go. I'm ready to play. Wow. Chaos energy. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Hello, I am Tio, and I play Claire, the Forgotten Vessel. Kyle. I'm Kyle, and I play Duncan the Vox. And Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. It's fun. It's fun saying the new it's characters. Fun. It's, it's weird fun. for this my mouth. Yeah, it's a little weird. I, this is I fun. really Ooh. wanted to say the monstrous. <laughs> yeah. There's still time. <laughs> I play Duncan the Monstrous. Psych. <laughs> the monstrous psych. <laughs> we are going to pick up with Claire Claremont outside of City Hall. Claire, the bus before you takes up almost half a block as it pops abruptly into view. A leviathan of steel and tinted glass. Its three articulation points bend and curl like leathery tendons, while a dozen churning wheels carry it forward with an alarming speed for a vehicle of such size. It moves with centipedal dexterity, tires and shocks passing effortlessly over obstacles in its path. Its front door snaps open and shut hungrily, while the LED display board at the fore reads in blocky, pixelated orange letters, 404, route not found. (laughs) What do you do? I think I'm quite curious about this. I'm going to try to jump on top of the bus. (laughs) What would that be? Give me a roll to face fear as you try to sprint towards and bodily tackle this behemoth of a vehicle. So face fear, when you attempt something risky in the face of fear or danger, roll plus puck. Nope, that's not that's not <laughs> it. <laughs> nope, that's not the stat. Uh, plus pluck. On a 10 plus, you accomplish what you set out to do. On a 7 to 9, I will offer you a worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay. And on a miss, everything goes to hell. Great. And I'm rolling two D6s. Mm-hmm. Unless you would like to uh, mark one of your playbook-specific essence, which for you, I believe, is vestige, to push yourself, yeah. in which case you can roll 3D6 and discard the Screw lust. Screw it, let's do it. I'm going to mark one vestige. <laughs> okay, well, I rolled two ones in that, so that Yikes. was super helpful. Wow. It's a six. 
Totally. Okay. Plus plus <laughs> your pluck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what does it look like as you go running towards this bus? I want you to paint the scene for me to give uh, me a sense of how things might go to hell here. Oh, <laughs> uh, geez. Okay. Well, I think I am still a bit angry about the interaction I just had. And so to try to burn off a little bit of that steam, I'm going to try to jump on top of this bus. You might even say that I have a bit of a demonic grimace on my face as mm -hmm. I do this. I start taking a running leap towards the bus, but I am wearing a very flowy white gown and it is not practical and I forget to lift it up as I'm running. So I am slightly tripping over myself as I leap forward like a cat that has misjudged the distance to get onto the counter. Claire, you are tripping and, and stumbling forward trying to chase after this bus as, as you file out of City Hall, and it's clearly getting away from you. And then it just disappears. Oh, oh great. And then you hear the roaring sound of an engine behind you. Oh. And suddenly that flowing dress is wrapped up in the wheels of the bus as they go round and round. <laughs> Oh, no. So go ahead and mark one harm, and you are just being dragged along by this bus. Meanwhile, the bus has surged forward further down Main Street, and as it is uh, dragging Claire Claremont along, we see approaching the very normal brewing company, <laughs> where a large crowd of people are gathered, including one, parentheses, number one, and parentheses, Duncan Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Duncan. Just one. Hi. This is the bus that I see whipping through the willow trees. Is that right? Yeah. It was charging towards you and then disappeared. Yeah. And now is surging again towards you, dragging someone in its wake. Run! Run! Uh, I want to yell to the crowd and get out of the street. Yeah. You know what I think this is? I think this is a rally roll. Yay! The community... When you incite members of a faction to act, roll with that faction. So you'll use your reputation with community to make this rally roll. Yeah. I want to rally them to not get run over by a bus. Yeah. That's On ideal. A hit, they will follow <laughs> the general spirit of your request okay. and you owe them a debt. Okay. On a 10 plus, you get to choose three of the options. On a 7 9, you get to choose two. And on a miss, you either tarnish your standing, minus one reputation, or the group wildly or willfully misinterprets what you want. Super. So give me a roll plus community. Get out of the way! Five, five, ten, plus one, eleven. Hey, Woo! okay. So on a ten plus, they will follow the general spirit of your request and you get to choose three of the following options. They will not back down in the face of resistance. Maybe not that no, one. I want them to. Because <laughs> I want them. Please back down. Uh, they will call upon additional resources from their faction. Mm -hmm. They will do exactly as you asked, yeah. as opposed to following the general spirit. Or you won't owe them a debt in return. I get to pick how Three. many of those? Three. Okay, so pretty much I get to not pick one. Yes. Okay, well, I'll pick the three that aren't the first one. So they use extra resources, they follow me exactly, and I don't owe them a debt. Tell me what this looks like as the, the group around you kind of scatters as this giant automobile is plowing through the city streets. Yeah, so I think the extra resources, maybe the call is echoed. So if I see the bus and I say, run, get out of the streets, dive, dive, dive. People around help each other respond quickly instead of taking solo action to hear me and get out of the way. And I'm giving very simple instructions, so it should be pretty easy to follow along exactly. <laughs> 
get out of the street. <laughs> yeah, so people start to uh, scatter. They disperse. I think everyone is keeping an eye out, looking on as this scene unfolds, but they're not, whereas they had been gathered kind of in the path of danger, now they're more out of the way. Yeah. Duncan, as this happens, you notice two things. One is that there appears to be someone stuck <laughs> being dragged along by their, their various sort of billowy flowing dress, mm-hmm. and they're not having a good time. And second, there's one person from this gathering who's not heeded your request. They're in the path of the bus? They're in the street, and it is one Jeremy Dunlap. number one. Parenthesis. <laughs> yeah, parentheses, number one. And parentheses, Jeremy Dunlap, (laughs) who has staked on one side of the street a volleyball net pole and is stretching (laughs) a volleyball net out across the street. These are the things that you see as the crowd scatters. Okay, Jeremy, I can't help Jeremy with his plan sometimes. He doesn't do what I say ever. But I think I probably do recognize this figure in the dress having a bad time on the bus. Yeah, and we're actually going to cut quickly from the action, and we're going to talk about Bonds, which is another element of the playbooks we didn't talk about in the first episode because y'all hadn't synced up yet. But tell me, how do you know, Duncan, Claire Claremont? Pick one of your Bonds. Go ahead and ask that to Claire. Yeah, I think the one that I would like to choose for Claire Claremont is that Claire is a regular guest on my program somewhere tonight. Claire, what do you talk about? Well, of course I'm going to talk about my store. I mean, it's essentially a promo slot. You do a good job of steering me into talking about one of the many conspiracy theories that I hold near and dear to my heart about the town. But I always start out talking about our latest product. For instance, Mm -hmm. did you know that our latest sponge that looks like a bust of your late grandmother, but is meant entirely and only for the tops of your shoulders, you need to get by a different sponge for other parts of your body, is also biodegradable? Now, that's fascinating, Claire. And when you say biodegradable, <laughs> you're, of course, talking about the, the wonderful changes that have been made to our water system here in town. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I go on a tirade about how our taxes are being funneled into corrupt politician <laughs> pockets and they don't do anything to the water. And in fact, our entire system is laced with all sorts of pacifying substances. And uh, absolutely and no cucumber. No cucumber. And especially the auditing department. They really they they get their noses all over the place. Well, yeah, I don't even I don't even refer to them by name. I don't want to give them that kind of power. Because <laughs> we all know mentioning them absolutely does make them stronger. It at least Yes, they them. actually take a tax every time you say them out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just gets it pulled out of your yeah. account. The, the tax. mentions added tax. Yes. <laughs> Lucky for you, I don't pay tax. The MAT. So. <laughs> Wait, sorry. Who invited JR? <laughs> <laughs> Do any of your characters pay taxes, Hannah? Sorry. No. <laughs> it's the thread uh, that runs between them. <laughs> the running thread. Uh, okay, nice so uh, we break away from this quick intercession. And Duncan, you see Claire being dragged along the street by this bus. I would like to, as it passes, use my pocket knife to cut Claire's dress free. Okay. <gasps> yeah, like, here comes, uh, swipe. Give me a roll to face fear. Face fear, plus zero. Here we go. Eight. Okay. Uh, worst outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay? Somebody's going to get run over by this bus. <laughs> Somebody get under these wheels. <laughs> I'll also tell you right now that um, Claire is not 
on board with you cutting her free. <laughs> this is a one-of-a-kind dress. What do you mean you're going to purposely cut it? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just pointing that out. Yeah. You did not check in with her about whether she would prefer to be run over or lose the dress. Yeah, I think something bad is going to happen to someone else around here if you oh, do this. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. That's the worst or hard choice because yeah. Claire is resisting uh, and there's a lot of people around. So something something bad is going to happen to someone else if if you go through with this yeah. plan. I mean, it's a snap decision. He's he's going to go through it. He's going to yell as as Claire like slaps at him. It's like, Claire, let it let it go. So you cut through uh, the piece of Claire's dress that is uh, your your priceless billowy dress that is gathered up in the wheel wells of this bus and has been sort of dragging you along. Uh, you've got all sorts of like road burn and stuff. It's it's pretty gnarly. But uh, Duncan, you definitely leap forward. The bus takes a weird turn as this happens and kind of shanks to the side of the street. And it goes headlong into the volleyball net. But more importantly, as it does this, the front door slides open and Jeremy is completely subsumed, devoured by the, the front door and taken into the tinted underbelly. Did it have teeth? Uh, not teeth. <laughs> it kind of just say, swallowed uh, him whole. Okay. You get a glimpse in there. There's some strange protrusions around the door. I wouldn't describe them as teeth, per se. Probably didn't feel good, but think of the bus more as, uh, you know, like a, a big whale that just kind of opened its mouth and cool. swallowed Jeremy whole. Oh, no, Jeremy, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it breaks through the volleyball net and is sailing down the street away from you and Claire. Oh, and Jeremy. The crowd in disarray. Good plan, Jeremy. The net worked really well. Max. Yes, here I am. Max, Not you are uh, on your way out of the back alley. You're sort of making your way <laughs> through a narrow pathway between two buildings. Uh, and up ahead, you see what kind of looks like a, almost like a vault door. You turn it a couple times, open it up, and stick your head through, and you're looking out of a manhole cover, and about 100 feet ahead of you is this gargantuan metal entity roiling with mechanical uh, sounds and energy, and you see it sort of swallow up a person, <laughs> uh, and then is just charging down the street towards you. We tried our what best. It's up to you now. I would oh, like God. to get onto the bus. Tell me is there a how bus you stop do that. Nearby? Is there a bus stop nearby, Quinn? No. Can I, there's no bus stop? There's not. There's no bus stop. Okay. Um, I would like to, hold on. First, I'm going to just very briefly look at my player reference sheet to see what I can. <laughs> I'm trying to look. How do I convince a bus to stop? <laughs> Hoodwink the bus. <laughs> Uh, well, I have a negative one on Hoodwing. Oh, okay. Because Max is not particularly charming. Um, I would like to assess reality. Yeah. One more time for the listeners. When you carefully study a situation looking for more information, roll plus wits. So give me a roll plus wits to see what you learn here. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to roll two. I'm not going to add an extra die. Okay. Yeah. So not, not going to push yourself. Is, no. You know, I'm excited about this bus. I'm not that excited about this bus. Uh, well, that's a four. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Good rolls. 
Uh, on a miss, you might reveal crucial information, or I might give you the opportunity to ask two questions, but give you some or all of the answers that are inaccurate. I'm going to go with the second option. So go ahead and ask two questions, and I, I will give you some or fully inaccurate information. Okay. Uh, I would like to know what is going to happen next. Okay. Uh, what's your other one? Uh, who is really in control here? I mean, all buses have to have a driver, so you definitely need to figure out yes, who the driver is. We were right. What's going to happen next? This bus is probably going to run you over. No. Or, or, Max, or <laughs> it might eat you. Oh. oh, boy. Neither of which I would like. It's very hard to time travel if you've been eaten. Eating is kind of like getting on the bus. Does that mean every single time I get on the bus? It eats you. The bus eats me. Uh-huh. And then it poops me out when I when I leave. <laughs> yeah. Ew. <laughs> that's why the, that's why it smells like a yes. digestive tract. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh boy. Uh I am gonna try to jump out of the way of the bus since apparently it's gonna hit me. Okay. I would like to not be eaten nor run over by the bus. Yeah. Give me a roll to save your skin since you are uh, pretty much okay. directly in the path here. So uh, when you take advantage of an opening to run, hide, or otherwise evade danger, roll plus wits. On a 10 plus, you're in the clear, though it may take a few minutes before the danger is passed. On a 7 to 9, you can choose to escape or not, but there will be a price to pay if you do. And on a miss, you might find yourself in an even worse predicament. God damn it. If I get eaten by this boss, I'm going to be really upset. You could push yourself. Oh my god. Oh no! Five. Oh, oh no! He uh, fucking dies. Hey, fuck you, you piece of shit! You know dice. what? This is a wonderful. This is a wonderful opportunity is- to showcase many playbooks <laughs> of Quinn's new game system. <laughs> Max, you foist this manhole cover off and try to run but this this bus sort of serpentining on its dozens of wheels and multiple points of articulation moving like a snake or or a centipede across the road quickly overtakes you and you see that front door slide open there's nothing but darkness inside and then it closes around you Boop. <laughs> claire did you see that oh my god Back outside a very normal brewing company, Claire, you you come to, after a a brief days, I think, to see Duncan Oliver standing over you. Hello. Claire. Oh, boy. How do you know Duncan? Tell me about your bond. So pick one of the bonds from your character sheet and then ask that question to one Duncan Oliver. Okay. (laughs) I like this one. It's somewhat related. The we were never close, but now we always seem to run into one another. Why are our fates intertwined? (laughs) Extremely fitting right now. Fantastic. Yes. Claire. Now. (laughs) What? (laughs) So I think that you wonder how it is that we end up intertwined. And the reality is that Claire purposely runs into you because you are the media in town and what is better than earned media presence for your online store so she does have a schedule of your entire day where you often eat where you go (laughs) and she makes a point to like show up places to be seen by the media and the media in town is you so um yeah so she like dresses up really nice to go to dinner at the place she knows you're going to be at dinner hoping that you'll take a photo and post it And you never do, but maybe one of these days. (laughs) 
Yeah, and my secret is that I don't have a. Ca- oh, I do have a digital camera. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you have a camera, but it would never have dawned on you to do this. Is my is my thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So standing over you, Claire, uh, you see Duncan Oliver, who's you know. You've never been close, but you always seem to run into one another. And you know what I'm doing? I'm fumbling in my pocket, pulling out a digital camera to try to take a picture of the bus <gasps> as it drives away. But I'm just fumbling to pull a camera out right now. Ah, no, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. What? Nothing, nothing. Hold, just, just hold. What? Oh my god! Duncan. I think it just ate someone else. Yeah, you see the bus slam into a, a figure and like an orca almost knock a seal <laughs> up into the air and then like. <laughs> Its front door opens and then it closes shut over the person and then stampedes forward a little bit more and then just blinks ahead another like five blocks. It's an incredible visual. I try to take a picture of it. That is an incredible visual. Oh, God damn it. You do own a camera. Okay. What? Okay. Yeah, of course. (sighs) Duncan, Duncan, Duncan. We'll talk about this later. I think we need to lasso that bus in some fashion. Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to need some resources for that. It seems to run stick to the streets, though. So maybe we can make a trap that's better than dumb old Jeremy's net. I gesture yes. to the tattered volleyball net. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a mess. It's not good. Yes, I think you might be right about that one. You don't have anything that might help in your shop, do you? Oh, you know what? I do, actually. I have a womb simulator. Oh. It's a crocheted. It's (laughs) basically a hammock, but it's meant to represent the feeling of being in the womb. It's supposed to bring you closer to your siblings. Okay. By by simulating that (laughs) experience together. So you and your siblings, you all climb in a hammock. Yeah, I gotta say. This is the most horrifying thing from season two thus far. Yes, like it builds your you can find on Etsy. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, that sounds like two. my store. That's the tagline to my store. The worst thing you could find on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Etsy, where all your nightmares come true. I've got a yes, deal exactly. for you. Uh, oh no! Mm. I think I whip out of my pocket. I go, oh yes, and I whip it out of my pocket, and it does fold up into what oh. looks like a very cute little tic tac box. Oh, and it unfolds. Wait, when did Constance get it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have it. Yes, I always keep it. You never know when you don't need to have a little womb time with someone. I it's a guess, great icebreaker. I guess I don't know that. That's true. W- would you say that it's a womb of one's own? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, yes, yes. Get a womb. I need to get you on the marketing team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That just sounds like a brand of its own. A womb of one's own a has a bunch of, of different things you could purchase. Uh, all terrifying. Yeah, yes, I think stuff. it's one of, you know, it's like those towels that fold up really tiny or whatever, but this just unfolds into a large crochet hammock. It does not look stable. No. But it is essentially like a large fishing net. Okay. This is a great start, Claire. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm and that you just mm-hmm. have this with you all the time. Yes. Well, we should do womb time sometime. Around you, the search party is starting to regroup and you can hear whispered conversations about, oh, it took, it got Jeremy. Oh, we, well, we really got, we got to get it now. We, and they're massing up to start following the, the bus. Oh, yeah. Power vacuum. Duncan's got to step in. Don't have a move that helps with that, but I've got cheek. Ha ha. So I think Duncan's going to step up and be like, 
Yes, the bus did get Jeremy and somebody else down the road, but those two are the last two that the bus is going to get. The good news for all of you in the search party is we have found it. So check. <laughs> Jeremy seemed to have a plan, I don't suppose, but it didn't didn't work. My only assumption, because I respect Jeremy very much, is that the plan wasn't fully implemented. Does anybody here know if there was another step to this? Was there some sort of augmentation to the volleyball net that we might be able to reuse on my friend Claire's womb thing? A womb of one's That's own. That's horrifying. Womb of one's net. I'll just say, Claire will just will market it later on my friend's <laughs> net. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think you can see that several of these folks have uh, harpoons, basically, like to varying <laughs> degrees of uh, sort of professionalism. Like some of them are, are almost makeshift and then other ones are basically like, you know, what you would see at like a commercial fishing outfit. But uh, it, it looks like they were pretty much going to Moby Dick this whale. Yeah. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and Jeremy was the tip of the harpoon with his, his volleyball net. Great. Okay. But we can replace the tip of the harpoon now with our new net. We've got a faction on our side with harpoons and, and rope to try to hook and slow the bus down. We have a net that did nothing. And we have the bus that has careened off around the corner somewhere. Yeah. I think at this point, it's probably disappeared. Yeah. Is there a, a manner to investigate or assess reality in a way to know why the bus came through here? Because I'm, I'm trying to find what, what resource we have that could let us find the bus again or try to predict its path. Yeah, so assess reality you generally use if you're sort of investigating a specific scene. Uh -huh. If you want to like gather information, I mean, it's the name of the move. If you wanted to go like talk to folks in the bureaucracy and like try to get information about buses or visit the library or like kind of more broadly do research beyond your sort of specific situation, that would be gather information. Okay. I think that's probably Duncan's move is to gather information around the community for bus sightings and try to make a map of like, because this bus has 404 route unknown, but it seems to stick to the streets. So maybe there's a pattern to its route 404. That's going to take you a little bit of time. Yeah. That's why if Claire wants to do something, something else, that's kind of the direction Duncan's heading. Yeah. I don't really know what I could do is my... I'm not... Hmm. Your faction is Entropy, is that right? Yeah. Quinn, what would that... If Claire were to also try to do, like, gather information, what does that look like for the Entropy faction? Because I'm curious, I can, I can kind of imagine what, like, bureaucracy, community, and underbelly looks like, but I'm curious what that looks like for the Entropy. Yeah, let me pull up the description real quick. Members of the town who've been touched by chaos, whether they have embraced it or not, Entropic horrors and their servants, the flora of the verdancy, aka the living plants of the area, the big box and the town's many other incomprehensible forces are part of entropy. So, I mean, in your case, Claire, your friend, Walker, the uh, self-appointed forest ranger, uh, is a yes. member of entropy. So you could go talk to him. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go find Walker. I feel like whenever Claire wants to find Walker... She walks into the forest and starts a, a small little fire 
<laughs> and the smoke immediately summons him. It's very irritating for him that this is her way of getting a hold of him. <laughs> okay. He doesn't have cell reception out there. Only Walker can stop forest fires. <laughs> so both of you are content to let this crowd do its thing here. And uh, you want to go do a little bit of uh, investigating, digging around? My angle is with the community. So I was thinking I'd be gathering information with this crowd. Yeah, I mean, if you're okay going with the community, then I'll probably go talk to Walker. Okay. Okay. I think we get sort of a wide shot of this scene outside of Normal Brewing Company as this massive community members uh, surge after the the bus, Duncan Oliver in tow. And Claire, you split away from this large group and head towards where you normally find Walker. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning into Season 2, Episode 2 of Monster Hour. I have a lovely little daycare cold, courtesy of my little monster, so I'm going to keep this intermission short and sweet. Thank you to everyone who has helped us spread the word about our broadcast here by leaving us a rating and review, giving us a shout on social media, and recommending the show to a friend. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising besides direct dream inserts, and frankly, we as a crew don't have enough blood left to pay for another round of those. A special shout-out to the latest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, aka our Patreon, Gideon Ebeling, Callie Wolf, Laura, and the Don't Wreck Yourself podcast. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping us to bring you even more awesome content. We just posted Act 1 of our one-shot of comedy-slash-tragedy, a Shakespearean hack of lasers and feelings, starring some special guests from our local Dacha Theater. Patrons also get access to cool bonus perks, like having a character in the show named after you, a la Jackie, Mina, and Jeremy. If you're interested in joining the Pledge Drive, there's a link in the show notes that will take you straight there. Our community spotlight this week is The Monster's Playbook, a Monster of the Week actual play podcast where the real and paranormal worlds collide over and over again. My name is Johnny, and I'm the host, executive producer, and prince of lies for The Monster's Playbook. What's the Monster's Playbook? It's an actual play Monster of the Week podcast set in my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's a character-focused adventure where you'll meet Kira Ashwood, a journalist with a cult past she's desperate to atone for, and a secret power hidden even from herself. Casey Davis, a taciturn secret agent becoming disillusioned with the agency she thought she could trust. Theo Nessos, a professional sorceress trying to escape the shadow of her powerful, magical family. And Mark Clayton, a pretty haunted introvert who just wants to make sense of his powers and all the weird things that keep happening to him. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Dresden Files, or any city-set supernatural story with monstrous threats and messy feelings, check out The Monster's Playbook. New episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. That's all we've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in July 12th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. We're going to pick up with Max. Max, you find yourself standing, laying down, upside down. It's not entirely clear. To one direction is the floor of the bus and a very, very similar looking ceiling opposite. You can see the tinted windows around you, but you can't see anything out of them. 
all you can see is what looks like an inky blackness, dotted occasionally with pinpricks of light as though a needle had just pierced this shadowy veil. Next to you, you can see the driver's seat. There's no one in it. And as you look down the bus, it's like looking down like an infinite hallway. The superstructure here bends and twists and not just at the articulation points. The whole thing is, is this house of mirrors that just stretches out ad infinitum. And next to you, you can see what looks like someone's foot, like a boot, and it stretches out until it becomes like almost this impossibly infinitesimally thin thread. And you can see that thread extend outward down this passage until it disappears in the infinite reflections of itself. It got it got stretched. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Quinn, what do you would do? you say would you say that this bus is an animate or inanimate object? This bus is animate. <laughs> Very animate. Both. Damn. Okay. Well, that was worth a try. Um, I would like to go investigate this boot and see if the boot is attached to anybody. You want to see what it's a boot? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I would like to see what it's a boot. Uh-huh. Uh, listeners, the season two Monster Hour guarantee is at least one dad joke per episode <laughs> or your money back. If you don't groan audibly, your money back. Hey, you know what? Uh, we're playing Absurdia. Your time back. Whoa. Yeah, oh. figure that one out. Yeah. Send all complaints to uh, support at jimmyjohns.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, be sure to file with Code Compliance Division. <laughs> Max, give me a roll to assess reality. Well, I've not been doing very well with this. So we're holding. on. You could on, try to push yourself again if you would like. No, I, d- I don't want to push myself. I don't. Hold on. Sorry, folks. You can edit all of this out. I'm getting out different dice. We are we are not superstitious, but we believe in different dice on this podcast. Yes, we're we're trying different dice because the dice that I normally use are being very naughty. Does anybody put their dice timeout in the freezer? I've heard that's a thing. Oh, should I? Okay. It seems kind of vicious. Well, that is that's an eight. Okay. Oh. Okay. On a seven to nine, hold one. Those questions, just briefly again, are, what happened here? What is my best route? Are there any dangers I haven't noticed? What here is useful or valuable to me? What here is not what it appears to be? Or who or what is really in control here? I would like to know what my best route is. Where do you want to go? What are you, Or what are you trying to, I guess I can ask you more broadly, what are you trying to achieve? But to know your best route, I need to know what you want. Good question. I think I would like to discover who or what is driving the bus so that then I can perhaps ask them about how the bus itself works because the bus has something I need. Max, you know, and if you want to change your question after this, that's fine. Sort of fan of your characters. I think you know that while rare buses do have some precedent and automobiles in general are uh, very well known, feral cars roam the streets. It's quite possible and even likely that no one is driving this bus. It is Hmm. simply a living creature. Oh. And you are inside of it. I have been eaten by the bus. Okay. Belly of the bus. It's Jonah and the whale, except it's Max and the bus. (laughs) Max and the bus. Um, My favorite biblical tale. (laughs) Bus-lical tale. Bus-lical tale. (laughs) Uh, 
not sacrilege. <laughs> not, uh, uh, not us doing a heathen on the show. Not at all. It's a different book. <laughs> uh, so if you want to change your question based on that, uh, I'm okay. I'm happy to let you. All right. So bus bus is sentient. Bus is alive. Bus is forever. Um, <laughs> then I think I would like to know what here is useful or valuable to me. Yeah. I think this foot that winnows down, narrows down into a thread is useful in that you can follow it through or along, I suppose, this strange space that you find yourself in. Mm-hmm. Not to piggyback too much on the end of season one, but it, it is very much Escher-esque. I do think that you could certainly use this thread to follow a path. It may not necessarily be a good path, but it is a pathway through this this strange space. Well, I think that I will pick up this thread, uh, <laughs> ah. uh, and uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't I don't necessarily want to be like completely led by the nose, but if this is a pathway. You know, and this is early days. We're still figuring out things in this bus. So, yes, I would like to pick up this shoelace boot thread thing and uh, see where it takes me on this magical bus ride. Yeah. Why don't you why don't you give me a roll to embrace chaos? Okay. Uh, And do take that plus one from your successful assess reality because you're following the thread. Twelve. Whoa. I have plus two chaos and plus one from my assess reality. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It's a good thing you changed dice. It is. (laughs) It is. So on a 10 plus, you get to choose two from the list below. You gain a clear understanding of the power's source effects and motives, if any. You quell the power's effect or fan its flames. You briefly wield this power's effect. You subvert this power to achieve your ends. Take plus one forward. You inflict or heal one harm on a nearby target, or you may mark or erase one essence. Let's see. I would like to uh, gain a clear understanding of the power's source, effects, and motives, if any. And I would also like to subvert this power to achieve my ends. Whoa. Okay. Uh, A clear understanding of this power's source, effects, and motives. This power is being generated by the bus. Okay. The effect... Max, I think you realize this as the thread begins to widen just a little bit and you arrive at sort of a constant point in this strange mercurial environment. You see like a few sort of seats in the bus warped and twisted, but they do sort of have that shape to them. And you can see almost in like a half sprint, half run, half of a torso, like one arm sort of outstretched and a face of of panicked terror. Jeremy Dunlap, the Uh owner of Very Normal Brewing, who refuses to accept your gold doubloons as currency. (laughs) (laughs) And you can also see a few other people, and I think Mm -hmm. they're sitting on the bus, but they look strange, and it it only takes you just a moment to sort of assess what's happening. They're all Mm -hmm. dressed in clothing from like the 70s and 80s. What do we think, Hannah? You're the fashion expert here. What, what, What are they wearing? Oh, let's see. Okay. Well, somebody is decked out in a suit that's a normal color, but the, the lapels are a bit on the wide side. And at the bottom, oh, yeah. instead of having a nice beefy tapered lapels. leg. Yeah, beefy. Like if you go out in, in a windstorm, you're going to take off like a kite. And the, the bottom of the trousers, instead of having a nice taper and a break, widen a bit. And then the other person has just gone full 
punk edging <laughs> into goth territory. So uh, a lot of nice. black. The, the hair is, it's not a mohawk. It's like that faux hawk rat's nest thing. A lo- lot of black eyeliner, some really heavy duty boots, but like very clearly, distinctly, these two people are from those distinct time periods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're engaged in what appears to be like a deeply or, you know, frankly, they're not even engaged. They're paused in like a a conversation. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy's kind of like just like a third of his body that is sort of protruded out of this thread is entering this scene. The effect of this power, Max, is the bus is time traveling. (gasps) Perfect. You don't know exactly how or like with what (sighs) means, but like something about this bus is messing with time. It's motives. Here's what I'll say. I don't know if you know the bus's motives. The time travel is incident. It's like it's not motivated. Okay, but I'm I'm on a time machine. I would say more accurately, the inside of this bus spans space and time. Cool. Mm. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Love that. And it's a fairly good bet that the only reason you're not winding up like Jeremy is because you're unstuck. Okay, and Jeremy is like, oh, oh, poor Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. Oh, if only there was something I could do for you. <laughs> if only. Um, okay, so I'm on board a time-traveling bus. The bus is alive, scare quotes around that, but the bus is still <laughs> a bus. If I pop the hood of the bus, there would, I assume, be bus parts in the bus <laughs> and not like, I don't know, a row of teeth. So I would like to see if I can figure out. Probably. That's my hope. I mean. It's like 60, 40 odds. Right. So I would like to see if I could find where the bus's engine is to perhaps get an idea of how the bus is able to travel through time. So generally, where where are you looking? (laughs) Yeah. Or like, tell me, tell me how you proceed. Okay, uh, well, uh, buses, <laughs> frantically Googling how does the bus work. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> I guess my question uh, is, are you continuing back or are you, like, looking around where you are? I mean, I'm still kind of towards the, it's, it's an, we've established that it's an articulated bus with what sounds like four segments? Uh, wild. Yeah, um, I, I would say the inside is a little more wild okay. than the outside. <laughs> okay, so it's even even wilder. I, I assume I'm kind of, because when the bus gobbled me up, it was towards the front of the bus. So my assumption is that I'm still towards the quote-unquote front of the bus, um, as opposed towards the back of it. A very logical assumption. Uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, I see people sitting there, so there are seats on this bus, I guess I'd like to look, are there doors? Are there windows? Like, what can I see if I look out the window? Yeah, so uh, there are no doors in this section. Okay, There are windows. And again, they are sort of looking out into a black emptiness. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, every once in a while, punctuated by these little tiny pinpricks of white light. Would like to say that, although I'm fairly certain we are outside of the federal government's regulatory powers, that not having any doors is probably an OSHA violation. Uh, So, no doors, windows looking out to inky blackness. 
I guess continuing on towards the back of the bus, continuing to walk and see if there's anything that looks, or maybe I can hear anything. Can I hear anything interesting on the bus? Why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? All right, let's let's do it. Let's fucking assess some reality on this here bus. Uh, it's a five. Oh no! New dice. On a miss, you might reveal crucial information or the GM might have you ask two questions but give you some information that is inaccurate. Max, I think you are looking around this scene, taking things in, you're trying to look for doors, you're looking out the windows, you're trying to listen, and you just trip ever so slightly over one of these frozen people's outstretched legs Mm -hmm. and you tumble backwards further into the bus. Yeah. For a moment, you are completely unmoored from space and time. That feeling Ooh. of when you time travel, but you have absolutely no control. Ooh. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. That's You're bad. just falling. I don't even think you understand which direction. Like It feels like you're falling up, sideways, down, inward, outward, across dimensions, all at once. It feels like hours, but it's when you land, it, you realize it's only been seconds. Uh, and you land in another section of this bus, flat on your back. And there's a person standing over you, but their back is to you. And when you land, they turn to face you. And you see Mm. one, Mm. Elodie Saberhagen. Motherfuck. A fellow traveler and your rival. (laughs) Fuck. Let's cut to smash oh. cut. Whoa, who, wow. Who, wah, who. Let's travel time, smoosh. We're going to travel oh. space and time. Two, one, parentheses. No, parentheses, one, <laughs> and parentheses. <laughs> I'll get this right. Or it's a I list. Will. One, parentheses, Duncan. Two, parentheses, Claire. <laughs> uh, we are going to follow Claire Claremont. Yes. Claire, you wanted to find your friendly contact, Walker. Tell me a little bit about Walker and where and how we find them. I walk out into the the forest. I go to a nice little clearing, pull together <laughs> some sticks, light a fire, and I pull out of one of my many pockets the tiniest little thing of hairspray. It's listed <laughs> as biodegradable hairspray, although I wouldn't trust that. Is this a product that you have made and or market, uh, or is this not yours? Oh, it is 100% mine, but- Okay, um, okay. Important just because clarification. I slapped my, yes, but just because I slapped my name on it doesn't mean that there's quality control here, so, you know, it's fine. Anyway. Oh, of course, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, I pull it out and I spray it on the fire to get it really roaring, and then I just sit and I wait for a person in- it's kind of like a Canadian tuxedo, denim pants, denim jacket situation. However, both seem to have been like hand stitched very well, like created by a true craftsman. Clearly, these are custom pieces because they have pockets in places that it seems like someone like measured how long their hand is and then put a pocket right where their hand would rest. Truly <laughs> custom fit job. You kind of wonder what weaponry or tools they have on them because there's no utility belt, but clearly there's probably hidden pockets everywhere. And they're wearing a hat. It is a wide brim ranger hat. The top of the brim of the hat actually has a really beautiful floral print paint job on it. 
And (laughs) as Walker approaches, Claire looks and goes, you know, I keep telling you not to wear that out on days that can rain. You know that I'll just have to redo the mural if you do that. Okay. They then pronounce for Walker? Yes. Yeah. So uh, they come out of the forest wearing their denim bottoms, denim top, and floral hat. (laughs) And as they do, you can see a few trees just sort of move they just kind of slide in the ground out of the way and they come up take one look at your fire which you sort of goosed a little bit with hairspray and i'm imagining some pretty thick steel-toed boots does that vibe oh yes oh yes. yeah so they plant the heel of one of their boots down and just stomp out your your fire <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that sounds about right. Only you can prevent forest fires. Exactly, you. (laughs) Oh, that bit gets me every time. That's a good one. Uh, Claire, what are you doing here? Well, I mean, I didn't want to... I know at this time of year, all of the nocturnal alligators come out, and I know that you love to capture them and train them, but... um, Putting together a really weird backstory here. I don't know why. Go for (laughs) it. all that. It's a weird... They hold out... One hand, and you can see a tiny baby alligator with just the brightest, like almost like phosphorescent milky white eyes. And they hold it out to you and say, this is Andrew. Oh, hello, Andrew. I look forward to the day that Walker rides you out on patrol. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to the day that you're subjugated. Uh, You'll make a fine mount. I mean, look, Claire is not what I would call the most progressive person. So, from a different yeah, time. fair. She is literally from a different era. <laughs> but uh, uh, we do not condone this excuse on this podcast. <laughs> for the for the record, listeners. No, of course not. She's had plenty of time to catch up. It's on her. Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, yes. Uh, okay, I look at him and what, I, what I, I look at them and I go. <laughs> I've just created this entire lore that Walker ri- like trains and rides alligators that are nocturnal, apparently. I don't know. Um, uh, you've certainly manifested nocturnal alligators into the world. That's true. Uh, and they have horrifyingly bright white eyes. Yeah. And yes. the weird thing is that wasn't describing something that already existed in the world. Claire just made it happen. Oh, no. <laughs> That's how things <laughs> work. Unclear. TBD. Unclear. Nobody uh, knows. Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, I, you know, I won't take up too much of your time, but we seem to have a hungry bus on the loose, and I was hoping you might mm-hmm. have some ideas of um, how we can catch it slash subdue it. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Claire, go ahead and give me a roll to gather information. When you hit the streets looking for information, name a contact and roll with their faction. On a 10 plus, the GM will tell you something that is interesting and useful. On a 7 to 9, you learn something interesting, but it's up to you to make it useful. And on a miss, you glean the wrong information or accidentally reveal a secret of your own. Okay. What am I rolling again? I'm rolling my... Uh, So you will roll with the faction of the person that you are talking to, and Walker's faction is entropy. Okay. I think as you're engaging in conversation, you can see their eyes are sort of ringed by this... You know, when folks are tired, they have kind of baggy eyes, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of like the dark shade underneath. Their eyes are sort of ringed with like a green mossy texture. And the irises are a very piercing emerald green. 
Okay. So then I get to roll plus two. Nice. Yeah, you're super entropy. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's a 12. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> On a 10 plus, uh, I will tell you something that is interesting and useful. Ooh. Is there anything that you all have on the top of your heads that you think is interesting and useful about buses? The game as written is more like collaborative than Monster of the Week. So I'm, I'm trying to embody that in the play. Okay. Where does the bus go? Where does the bus go when it's yeah. done with its route? Well, yeah. probably back to the depot, right? Oh, yeah. Where's the bus depot? I feel like that's a question we could probably answer by looking it up online rather than but anyway, there's sorry, not really go on. A, there's not really an internet though. Oh, that's yeah. right. This this town that's is right. isolated from the that's world. Right. Yeah, that's right. the internet doesn't really work, and also connecting to Wi-Fi exposes you to a, um, a parallel reality called <laughs> the Flayed Beyond, which oh. is generally pretty oh, bad. Oh no, it sounds horrible. Yeah. Plus the Actually, Wi-Fi password, like you think it's bad normally. Oh yeah, I mean even trying to connect is bad. Yeah. Well, also, I'm just realizing Claire doesn't do research. She's not going to look it up. She's the person that asks you Googleable questions constantly and expects you to have the answer. (laughs) Oh, no. Claire's the worst. Claire is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think uh, Andrew the alligator is rustling around, and so they pull Andrew out, and I'm going to go with he, him pronouns for Andrew the alligator. Mm Mm-hmm. He scampers up their arm and shoulder and kind of comes to rest, and they sort of stroke the underside of of Andrew's chin. And Walker looks uh, contemplative for a second and says, Well, I don't know where buses go, but one thing I'll tell you is that this town, it used to have bus stops long before the buses all disappeared, and the few that remained were taken into the municipal auto barn looked after closely by the bureaucracy. But uh, all those bus stops, you know, they got taken down, torn down, broken down. There's no place in town left for a bus to stop. (gasps) Mm. We could create a bus stop. Oh, I have some great materials for that. (laughs) If there is a bus here, it's probably roaming willy-nilly, doing whatever it pleases. Yeah. It's got nowhere to go. Aww. We just need Unless to build it, winds it a up bus in home. The, the barn, but sure would hate to see that. Yes, well, that would be unseemly for sure. This has been incredibly helpful, Walker. I'm, I'm sorry to have uh, interrupted what I'm sure is a very productive evening of tr- or afternoon of training. I'm forgetting his name now. Was it Stephen the Alligator? No, it was Al... <laughs> Andrew. Andrew Andrew the alligator. Yes. <laughs> Steven was the one that we don't talk about. That's right. Okay. <laughs> they pull out from a pocket like a bit of loose meat and just feed it to Andrew. And you can see this pocket is pretty full of just loose meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the meat box. That sounds yeah, right. What kind of meat? Unclear. Don't want to know. Never mind. <laughs> Probably for the best not to know. Meat I of would an also- undetermined origin. <laughs> <laughs> I think they sort of turn and go to head back out into the woods and a path sort of manifests in the the trees. And uh, Claire, I think we talked about this off mic, but Walker basically is your friend because they befriended Rudy while Rudy was in possession of you, correct? Yes. Yeah. So Walker's actually closest friends with Rudy, but also 
has grown fond of Claire. Claire and Rudy are very different, but they do share some common terribleness. I think Walker turns back around and they're they're looking not at you, but past you. And the moss has completely grown over their eyes to the point where it's just two fluffy green bulbs staring out at you. And in a low, monotonous tone uh, that doesn't fit Walker's uh, normal voice, they say to you, Eat the heart, Claire. <laughs> Sup from the oil. Devour the gears. Consume its strength. <sighs> and then Walker flies backwards into the forest and the trees collapse in around them. And they are gone. Claire pulls out a notebook and writes that down as a to-do list. <laughs> and starts walking back out of the forest. Your friend's spooky. <laughs> Let's jump to Duncan. Yeah. Duncan, you are in tow with a large group of community members making your way down the streets. I think folks have started to cautiously fan out, covering like a block to the left and right, Mm -hmm. looking for this bus. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's getting late in the afternoon towards evening now. What, uh, What do you do? I want to do two things. I want to try to convey to the crowd that you're not to try to engage the bus because that's very dangerous so far. And I don't have high hopes with any of the plans or any of these harpoons that anybody's got. The other thing that I would like to do is I would like to broadcast a message to the community to stay off the streets and ideally try to stay indoors. They're used to that sort of warning. I feel like that warning goes out almost on a daily basis in Absurdia, but <laughs> I'm going to send a, a signal out to the community through the chattering, screaming voices that are are clogging the signal at the moment. I'm going to use my, my move, Can't Stop the Signal, which is a Vox Ooh. move where I can spend one integrity, which is my essence, to transmit a message or issue a radio broadcast from anywhere to anywhere. It cannot be jammed, blocked, or interrupted by any means. Oh, okay. Boom. Yeah, so tell me what this looks like as you set up a portable station and give me a hit of that broadcast that cuts through the incessant chanting and whispers. He runs inside because he was not prepared to do this immediately, but since it's right next door, he can use some of the equipment. He gets Sebastian, who I think was still at the station, to start cranking. Yeah, he he shouts through to, to Sebastian to start cranking and then runs out with a microphone desk stand that he's just holding and it's attached to a kind of curly cable that runs all the way back into the radio station building. And he comes outside and as he's like kind of waving to the crowd to also stay out of the street and kind of directing where they go, he sends a broadcast, which sounds like... Citizens of somewhere, fine folk, I'm sure you're having a lovely evening in our fine town. This is a emergency broadcast update following the bus tale from this morning that you may remember. It is advised that everyone please stay off the street. We've spotted it. This may sound alarming, but it only stays on the streets as far as we can tell. So please, to keep yourself safe here in this wonderful town of somewhere, please follow Protocol 37. Fabulous. Everyone knows Protocol 37. Obvious. Obviously. Everyone in the crowd around you just says obviously. 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 Yeah, just uh, I want to try to keep as many people out of the street and out of the path of this 
bus so that we don't have everybody getting eat up. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make you roll for this. The natural inclination of most people is mm-hmm. to stay out of danger. The crowd outside of Normal Brewing Company, they had a, a bit of an agenda, but I think most folks are willing to heed your call. Yeah. So yeah, mark one of your essence, which is integrity. Yep. And uh, that signal is broadcast. You sort of slice through the ritual chanting mm-hmm. and that message is broadcast around the town. Yeah. And I guess the, the way that that manifests itself, because Duncan doesn't at the moment have any magical ability to make a broadcast like inherently to himself, but there's a kind of emergency system at the radio station that he had Sebastian help him with, which is the, like crank up a, a distortion field that helps cut through the noise. But you can't yeah. do it all the time because pff, that's a lot of work. I mean, in this economy, right? <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, you have broadcast this message. I think the the crowd is sort of passing the radio station, so you just you you pop in real quick, yep. and then you pop back out. Yep. What next? My original goal was to using this this search party is to try to search for where the bus has been because it came through, it smashed stuff in the street, it ate some people. So I'm trying to redirect the energy of the search party from hunting a bus to like damage report on the town yeah okay give me a roll to assess reality sure uh and yeah take a take a plus take a plus one for the search party yeah they're not all on your side but uh, some people probably give you a little bit of intel maybe the the jury I mean, they're all on your side but i don't think everyone's first. sort of reporting into you sure yeah Five, but plus two at that one is a seven. Hey, (laughs) not a failure. Fabulous. On a seven to nine, hold one. Uh, What here is useful or valuable to me? It seems good. Okay. You are canvassing with the community search party. You see various signs of the bus, like, you know, there are skid marks on the street. There's signs of like it striking street lamps and running through hedgerows. And there are times where these tracks kind of disappear and then it like reappears three blocks ahead. Up ahead, there is a house with just a massive hole in it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And it is very clear that the bus is just plowed straight through this house. Uh Uh-oh. Which means it is in no way uh, limited to the streets. Oh, no, that's bad. I got to make an update. (laughs) People got to use their bunkers. This isn't going to work. You're going back to the station? Yep. Duncan, you start backtracking, sprinting back towards the station, and you hear a howl on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And it is joined by another uh, much higher-pitched wail uh-huh. than a low droning moan and then a sharp shriek. Uh And the symphony of screaming is manifest by a dark cloud billowing in from the bay. Oh, no, no, no. no, As the screaming fog arrives several hours early to somewhere. Shit. It's bad. Ah! Oh, God. (laughs) 